Hello and welcome to episode two of season three of the Mist Rolling podcast. Mist Rolling in podcast? I don't actually know my name, which is a bit embarrassing, so maybe not the best start. But nonetheless, welcome. This is our second episode of the season. That's two weeks in a bloody row. What about that, eh, Jacob? What about that? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I think it's... Uh... I don't know. I think it's just uh, the thrill of football being back after you know after such a long after such a long summer without anything to go on, and we don't have uh, a certain Mister Jordan yeah. letting us down on the timings because he's got to watch Love Island. No, it's, so, it's fucking. I mean, I, I call him out for that. I've literally penciled this in pre nine o'clock so I can watch Love Island. So maybe that's not <laughs> the best dig. So before we get into it, how are you, Jacob? How are you doing this week? I am. Uh, I'm much better this week, thank you. Um, we're we've got the prospect of going back to the city ground for the first time in 17 months. So yeah, it's going to be a great week. How about you? Yeah, feel almost positive. Um, mm. I know it sounds a bit daft. We'll go into it later. We didn't win our first game of the season, but over the past week, I'm starting to feel a little bit more positive about Forest, which I know it's early doors. But that's always good. And a certain Mr. Carvalho is back in a forest shirt, dividing opinion. So nature is once again thriving. So actually, something that I've just thought about, before we go into it and touch upon things that we have that have developed since last week, there's two things I want to mention. Number one, um, we are running a competition on our Twitter, which is at Miss Rolling Pod, where you can win a free... Not in a Forest Away shirt. So if you've not entered that, head to our Twitter, which is at Miss Rolling Pod. Um, and then you can enter it. Um, have we got a secret word for this week if they want to? I know I've, I've sort of put you on the spot with that, but can you think of a secret word on the spot now if they want another extra entry for those listening to the podcast? Ian Wones left foot. Ian Wones left foot. Perfect. And then that sort of falls nicely into the the second thing, which I'm going to mention. We are also running a fantasy football this year, and I'm pretty sure someone's fantasy football team name is Ian Wones left foot in it. So you can join our Miss Rolling In Fantasy Football. That's the Premier League one, by the way, by using the code YB2S5Y. That's exciting. Can you do that phonetically? Involved in that. <clears throat> uh, Yoda... Baba Fernandez, two, Samba, five, Yates. I don't know why I went for a forest theme after saying Yoda, <laughs> but it, <laughs> fuck it, it works. Brilliant. So first thing we're going to cover off this week is just the, the two signings that were made before the Coventry and Bradford games. So we're still going to start with Philip Zinkenagel from uh, Watford. We're going to cover the majority of this, I, I imagine, after after talk about the Bradford game. But uh, kind of looking at these stats before he joined Watford, he was a very, very heavily goal-scoring midfielder. Uh, I don't particularly think he set the world alight when he went to Watford. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be proved to be a... A decent signing. It does. It does kind of have the a whiff of the Luke Freeman, Anthony Knockart about it. But you know, it, those could have gone either way as well. So I think I think with a kind of a flip of the coin, it could be it could be very good, or it could be 
you know, not so good. But um, I think we'll touch a bit more on that when we talk about the Bradford game. But on to um, yeah. to Jordi Ose Tutu, the young right back signed from from Arsenal on loan. Um, I mean, for, for me personally, it just seems a little bit of a waste of the of the of the young players we have. Really, you know, if we were signing a championship proven, you know, prime prime of their career right back. I mean, I know kind of Cyrus Christie split a lot of opinion last season, but that you know that was the kind of right back. If we were signing that kind of right back on loan again, I could kind of go, oh, okay, maybe Jordan Gabriel doesn't you know doesn't get his chance. That's fine, and especially after seeing you know or at least hearing about and seeing the highlights of Finn back. Who had a hand in both goals for Forest? I'm kind of looking at it, going, "Why have we done this?" You know, especially when we need a left back. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm against strengthening other areas of the pitch, you know, as well as just left back. But it just kind of boggles my mind a little bit when you think of the opportunities that could be handed out to people who, and you know, Jordan Gabriel for me played pretty well against Coventry, some pretty decent in preseason by all accounts as well. But what do you think, JJ? Yeah, I completely agree. I think. It is. It has the potential to be pretty random. Um, out of our options at right back, um, I know you've said we've got back Gabriel Osutu now, and also Richardson. Um, which, when you think about it, when you boil it down to its basics, that's sort of as you said for relatively young right back. So it doesn't make too much sense. I'm sure. Maybe one or two of them might get a chance on loan elsewhere because um, there's no point having four young right backs, I don't mm-hmm. think. Sort of feels like the wrong side of the pitch. So maybe we'll be completely wrong. Maybe he will be a fantastic signing. But as of now, it just feels extremely random mm-hmm. for yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said it before on the podcast, you know, anyone who pulls that shirt on, I want them to be the next. I don't know. Right, I want him to be the next Philip Bond because I, you know, I want every the single player. You know, he, I, I want Gaten Bong to come back after his three-match ban and be be Stuart Pearce again, reincarnated at whatever age he is, and, and become amazing. But I just, you know, you got to be realistic sometimes and just think, what was the point in that? And particularly with this one, um, I have seen tonight on Twitter from Alan Nixon, who's the the <coughs> son. Uh, journalist, and he said that <laughs> apparently Jordan Gabriel isn't isn't leaving unless Blackpool or Sunderland come in with a, a, a much bigger cash offer, and uh, yeah. he still expects him to to be the first choice right back. Apparently, that Ose Tutu might have come in to be a right winger, so that'll be that'll be interesting, and that probably yeah. makes makes a lot more sense because I, I think we are looking. I won't say I won't say bear on the wings, but you know, Carvalho. Is particular isn't really a winger, is he? And I, I don't think Johnson is. They're both number tens, aren't they? So you kind of look and go, might and Zinkenagel, Lolly. So having a, having another one up there makes makes a lot of sense. So we'll, we'll pick up um, Mister Zinkenagel a bit later on with the Coventry game. We can go a bit more in depth with how we thought he might fare as a sign-in, or how we think he might fare as a sign-in. But I guess we should start with the Coventry game. So, first game of the season, strong away following from the Forest fans. Yeah, superb that was. And we lost 2-1. But I'll be honest with you, whilst at the end of the game, I was 
typical fuming after this sort of thing. On reflection, not all too bad. But what I'll start by doing is going through our starting 11 and then getting your thoughts on that, Jacob. So sure. starting 11, we had Samba, Gabriel, Embiso, McKenna, Bong, uh, Yates and Colback, Lolly, Brennan Johnson, Mighton and Taylor. So when you saw that starting 11, what were your immediate thoughts? Straight off the bat, the only thing that really disappointed me was Bong at left back still. To be honest, I'd kind of for- I'd kind of forgotten he still played for us. I'd kind of hoped that his contract would be up at the end of this preseason, at the end of last season. So it's re- somebody who's he's just never done it. Never done it. And it, looking at that team, like, like Worrell's injured apparently and Ember So coming in. I'm really happy about that. I'm not a Figueredo fan. Um, and then, you know, Gabriel at right back, huge. I, I like to see young players at least given a chance, even if they're not good enough long term. Um, Yates and Colback, it's, it's two, two of the same thing there for me. I would have preferred to see somebody yeah. else next to. Um, preferably Yates, in my opinion. I mean, you could have even played callback at left back. Um, yeah, the, and then but then the th- the three in behind uh, Lyle Taylor, very happy, very happy. Uh, I yeah. mean, Lyle Taylor hasn't set my world on fire, but personally, I don't. I could, I would personally rather watch him play football than Graben. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that was kind of looking at it. It was a shame to lose Ember So just after half time. Um, but you know, kind of just. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just jump to the first half from here and just say, first half. Yeah. I, I mean, they they cut for us a couple of times, and we. I don't want to say like a young team, but we looked like a a, a newer team that had been put together. But the, the yeah. energy and we the press, the, the energy and the pressing and the. The determination from the in the first half, I was very happy, very happy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, even Bong didn't really do anything that I could say get him off the in pitch for. So you know, it just yeah. And the and the, the goal was fantastic. The, the you know the the ball from Ember So playing out from the back. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Johnson. Well, let's touch it. Let's pause this for now and talk about that goal um, before we get into the more depressing parts, but. I agree with everything you said, um, but that goal in particular is something that I think all of us have been screaming for Forrest mm-hmm. to be. It was driving from the back, and be so, which I would love to see more of that. Yeah, uh, as you've said, it's such a shame that he went off. I really hope that's not a long term thing. Yeah, although I believe I might have misremembered this, but I believe. The reports are that it could be a few weeks, which is a crying shame because um, Figueredo is not an adequate replacement no. for Mbiso. I think Mbiso is going to be a really key player for us, yeah. uh, particularly when Warrell does get injured. Well, but yeah, I, his I, driving forward was. Yeah, sorry. I, I, so I was just going to say, I kind of watched that first half and thought, or, or the whole time that Mbiso was playing, and thought, you know what, you know, if Joe, Joe Warrell does leave, yeah. there's, there's somebody to jump straight into the gap that he's going to leave. So, yeah. it, you know, it is a shame that he's got added out for a couple of weeks, but yeah. Thankfully, yeah. it's only well, a couple of weeks. His, I think McKenna does it quite a lot um, where he drives forward from the back and then so seems to be sort of much of the same. So 
really happy to see that uh, ball to Johnson. The amount of work Johnson did once he got the ball. I mean, I I can be as negative about Forrest as the next fucking fan, but that the work that Johnson put in to make that goal really excited me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we all knew or expected him to play that way. But seeing someone play like that in a Forest shirt, I think was just really exciting. And it was just a fantastic goal. And I went into halftime so pleased, really. Um, but Taylor in the right place, you know, he's got that instinct. If we start to play that way, I think it's, it's exciting. Might and Johnson and Lolly, maybe Lolly wasn't fantastic. He showed glimpses of the old Lolly, but I think those three are key for us. Um, yeah. And maybe after we discuss the Bradford game, maybe that three might uh, swap around with some other people, but particularly Martin and Johnson, um, fantastic players. Yeah, I, th- I think with Joe Lolly, it's an interesting one because we discussed on the last episode saying how much we'd really like to see the old Joe Lolly come back. Um, and I think, mm. although it definitely wasn't the old Joe Lolly, um, I was talking to somebody on, on Twitter uh, and he was saying, basically summed it up really well saying that he was just trying too hard. But I have yeah. absolutely no issue with that. <clears throat> if he, because he, you know, like the corners yeah. that were going too deep and, but, you know, it's not just a bad corner being put in. He's trying something, but not it's not coming off type thing. So, you know, as 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 much as I'd prefer to see the old Lolly back, I'd much rather watch a Joe Lolly that's trying over a Joe Lolly that just kind yeah. of tries to cut in off the wing on, onto his left foot all game long and doesn't really do much else. So, you know, although it wasn't there, I, I think if he carries on in that kind of with that kind of effort levels, I don't think it'll be long before it's back. So obviously it wouldn't be a Nottingham Forest game without a tale of two halves, one half being exciting and promising and the other half being completely and utterly fucking disappointing. So talk to me, what happened towards the end of that game? It was the exact same thing that happened in the game at the city ground last season. They went into the dressing room at halftime and their coach literally must, I don't know, I don't know, what he saw, what he told them, what he's drawn on his little whiteboard, he's literally looked at that game and gone, if you do this, this and that, you will turn it around. And he's yeah. done that, he's done that in consecutive games against us now. And it's, it's you know... It's I think been- so many, so many teams see something in Forest and almost smell a weakness that they think they can do over whichever half it is. And for some reason, and this seems to be a constant theme with Forrest, as soon as that little bit of pressure is applied to them, it's almost like we have sheer fear and panic. And it, you almost, as watching it as a fan, just know, you just know it's inevitable. Yeah. Same thing with the Stoke game. We don't like to talk about it. It's that whole, almost as impossible as that was, you knew it was coming. Yeah, and it's... It- the Coventry game, I was watching, I was at a, a food and drink festival. Uh, so I was watching it on my phone. And my stream, uh, I was getting into the car and Forest were winning 1 0. My stream cut off, put it back on, and it was 1 1. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Oh. Gets into the dying moments of the game, the stream cut off again. And I said to my mate, uh, 
who was with me, I said, I guarantee when I next look, even though there was a minute, two minutes left, Forest have conceded. And he was like, they'd be daft. 2-1 Coventry in the 96th minute. Like, and like, whilst at the time I was fuming, it was expected. It was. Yeah, they, they definitely had their tails up. And I think on the balance of play in the second half, I think a draw overall in the game, I think a draw would have been fair. But, you know, yeah. 96 minute, anything can happen. And, and, you know, and previous listeners will remember when you know, Bree Samba isn't Jordan Kimberley, our, our, our old host's uh, favourite goalkeeper. But he's he's just... You know, I, I as well because I was expect personally expecting when Horvath, Ethan Horvath came in. You know, I was expecting him to be for Samba to be to be leaving. I expected that to be the, the kind of domino effect for him, but for for him to to have serious competition come in and still yeah. throw that clangor out there, I I don't think yeah. I don't think his his uh, his place in the sticks is going to be guaranteed for too much longer. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and we'll sort of wrap up this game um, with some closing thoughts. So I will say, for me, at the end of the game, the stuff I was putting in the group chat <laughs> is your typical fuming, angry reaction. So it might be uh, pretty wild for me to be saying this now. And it does sound daft because we did lose. However, reflecting back, um, I saw enough promise in the vibrancy of play from Johnson and Might and Mbiso, I think Gabriel did well. Those players, I saw enough in to think we make a few adjustments here. At least it'll be a bit more of an entertaining season. Um, and I think we'll come to discuss it. Last night's game against Bradford enhanced that a lot. So yeah, I'll throw it over to you for your closing thoughts on the Coventry game. Yeah, I, I kind of... I always want to kind of rip it up and forget about it because it's the first game of the season, you know, first game playing really in front of fans properly. Um, although there's a huge, huge and amazing forest contingent there. Um, I it, kind of, the, my thoughts are anything could have happened at the end of that game. It, you know, it is what it is, but I saw enough promise from the first half to give me at least a feeling that uh, a high mid table, not worrying about relegation, could could be achievable given the right couple of signings. So cautiously optimistic yeah. based on the first half. And a big shout out to the Forest fan who travelled all the way to Coventry to jump on the pitch and get himself a ban celebrating <laughs> the first goal <laughs> in an away defeat to Coventry. <laughs> Fair play, almost impressive on the first game of the season. On to last night's game, which is the Bradford game in the first round of the I want to say Carabao Cup, but it could just be the EFL Cup this season. Um, it's Carabao, unfortunately. Carabao Cup. Just before you start, uh, God, I think this is fucking genius. I'm sure it's already been done. I don't know if you noticed it in our group chat last night because I don't really care for it. It's the I don't Carabao Tick Cup. Mm. You know, tough crowd, tough crowd. I thought that was a good one, but... Interestingly... Has, you know, so Carabao is a soft drink, right? It's like a, uh, yeah. is, is it like a Red Bull, isn't it? Energy basically? drink, yeah. Have you ever had it? 
never had it. I don't I think I've ever even seen I it. Yeah, same. Yeah, we, um, me and my me and my dad went to the Carabao Cup second leg for last season. No, last season. What was last season? Season before the last. Basically, one of the last games I went to was Man City Man United at, at, at the Etihad when we got off this train station mm-hmm. at Piccadilly. The Carabao Cup was in the foyer. So we went and had oh. a photo taken, photo taken with it. I just remember looking, going like, I don't remember ever seeing this in a shop. So I suppose if no. you if you've ever had if you've ever had a, 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 t- a tinny of Carabao and can let us know what it's like, then please let us know. But uh, moving on, yeah. to, moving on from that horrendously boring subject to the actual game. <laughs> which um, I, I I know you were the same. I think you were the same as me. You had to listen to it because there was no no goddamn streams anywhere or any anywhere yeah. you could you could pay legitimately to watch it. But um, yes. this, listening to it, I think they they started pretty well and fancied themselves against a, a a team of what is essentially kids. With was it? I think it was as many as six debutants last night. With and, yeah. I, and I counted up, and I think if you count Canate and Baba Fernandez who joined last year, which I personally would, um, that was eleven out of the match day eighteen came through the academy, which is absolutely phenomenal, and is something that would make any any manager survive my scathe and scathe survive my wrath of wanting them to leave my club. So. I mean, fair play, fair play to to Big Chris for for chucking that team out. Um, I think Bradford yeah. started exactly as they should have done. They got about us. They tried to, I think, as as everyone's dads would say, put it put it up them. But um, they survived <laughs> that really well. And then you know, coming onto the goals, I think you see, you look at the first goal, the pass from Finn back down the line. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, squares it into a really nice area. And Carvalho is there, and the second goal again, uh, you know, decent ball infield from 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 back in a really good place to Zinkenagel, who's dinked something that was absolutely oh gorgeous over it the top. It was vile. It was vile. It was vile. It was it was a it was a violation. It was a <laughs> it, fucking violation. It, it was beautiful. It dupied that back four into Carvalho, oh. whose first touch was gorgeous. And the way he stroked into Oof. the back of the net, I, I don't think Colin for for once in his life, I don't think Colin Frey did it justice. When I watched the replay back, yeah. I thought, fucking out, like, he literally rolled it. I don't know how I don't know. he didn't. Yeah, um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. What about you? What do you think about, about both goals? I mean, Finn back, incredible. Uh, sounds like he had an incredible game. Uh, the ball, particularly for the first one. Um, made that goal. I know Zinkenegel uh-huh. put it in a lovely area for Carvalho to score. Um, but without that ball from back, you know, that, that goal doesn't happen. Um, I mean, Zinkenegel's assist for Carvalho, whilst you could put it down as not very aware defending, the vision to see that ball just got me extremely excited. That is... The type of creativity um, that we've been crying out for, I think. Yeah, and we you sort of you mentioned uh, Zinkenagel's numbers before he came to Watford. Just looking at them now, it was in the Elitisarian. How the fuck do you say that? 
elite Sarian, Elitisarian. I don't know, but just keep trying. This is getting better. Elitisarian, Elitisarian. It's getting back. It's the Norwegian first tier. My man, Zinkenegel, scored 19 goals and 24 assists. I mean, they are some numbers, regardless of what league it's in. Um, I think looking at the reaction from Watford fans when they announced he was going, uh, they were fuming mm-hmm. and they thought that they should have kept him, which I think is always a good sign. So he is a player that I think, not to take any credit away from the young uh, players, but in terms of our starting eleven, in terms of him being a, a fresh transfer, I think he's someone that could be exciting and could play the Freeman knockout role we were screaming out for uh, prior. Yeah. So he, he got took off a few minutes after the first half, um, in, in the second half, sorry. So slightly concerning. Um, I hope that it's because he's hooting sore enough to rest him for Saturday and that it wasn't a knock as Frey suggested it could be. I, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think very he was- impressed by Zinconego. I think he was taken off because I was listening to before the match and he was saying that he'd actually only done one training session with the team. Right. So I, I think, I think yeah, I, I mean, I understand it's kind of fishy when he takes him off just after the start of the second half, but from what, from what they were yeah. saying, he didn't look to be limping or anything like that. So hopefully it's just a, a and let's get him off. Yeah. And I, and I have to talk about Jao Carvalho. Um, the blokes divided opinion amongst many a Forest fan. And I don't think you can take anything away from him as some people tried to, which is incredibly negative. Uh, but even though it is a League Two side, he still showed fight uh, more than he usually did by sounding like he was in amongst it to clear the ball and make more of an effort. I mean... His two goals were taken lovely and he sounded like he did some great passes. Obviously, I don't quite know because unfortunately we couldn't watch it, but I think you've got to be a really negative person to hear of a Forest player playing for your club, scoring two goals and say, yeah, but it's just a League Two side. Um, so I think, I think he's got his haters, but unwarranted last night. I think with the first goal, you know, it was good movement to get into that area. Um you could possibly just say, you know, it's, it's just a tackle against the League Two team. But the, the second goal, the, the you know, the movement, the touch, the finish, that's that's somebody to yeah. me, you know, that's... If you're looking to cash a check uh, or, and or force a move out or, you know, you're just drifting, you, you can't do that. You, you know, anybody who's ever played football before has no, you know, things like that, they don't just, they don't just happen. You know what I mean? You've got to be thinking yeah. about it. You've got to be on it. So I think... I always got the impression that Carvalho's footballing brain was always a few steps ahead of the rest of our players. And that almost made him come across a bit shit because he'd make a pass into space that nobody else would quite see. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. a player like Zinconego, who seems to be creative and very intelligent football-wise, like Carvalho, it seemed like they bounced off each other. So I think it'd be interesting to see how that partnership might develop, if yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be disappointed on Saturday if 
the I mean this is gonna be harsh on Lyle Taylor, but I wouldn't be upset on Saturday if we get there and it's a uh, Zinkenagel, Mighton, Carvalho and Johnson front four with a false nine. I wouldn't I really wouldn't be upset. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. With them with you know, with them yeah. them four rotating in all four positions, I think that would be I think that would give you know, it's not gonna work against let's say Cardiff or Middlesbrough, who are gonna kick lumps out of you and stuff like that. But against yeah. some of the more some of the teams that try to play a bit of football, I think that would cause havoc with them for moving around. Yeah. And whilst, you know, we could spend all the time in the world talking about the likes of Mites and Carvalho and Zinconego, I think the real credit has to go to the the young players who really made a case for themselves. Obviously, they collapsed a little bit in the second half, um, which shows probably the severe gap between um, under-23 football and men's football. But I just think incredible. It's almost a perfect game for us. We got to see these young, <laughs> this young talent get the debut and they performed really well, which as a Forest fan, that's what you want to see and incredibly exciting. Yeah, same. I mean, yeah, again, shout out for the the, the back, the young back four, Finn back for me, possibly put a stake in to be the, the first choice right back ahead of you, even ahead of Gabriel. Um, it was really yeah. nice personally to Four see. Uh, yeah, Tyrese Fornar, um, Baba Fernandez, Riley Harbottle in centre-back, even Jaden Richardson playing out of position at left-back. I just, I look at it and I think, Give these give these a chance in the in the actual league, and you know, Chris can't lose, in my opinion, because if yeah. they don't do well, he's got seasoned vets to fall back on, and he can just say, "Well, I'm giving the youth a chance." Or they do really well, and you go, "Jesus Christ, I've just bought essentially bought all these players for nothing because they're already here," and everybody loves yeah. it because everyone wants to see youth team players coming through. So, I'd really, I really have no issue if. You know what we've signed now? Three players. I'd like to see a left back come in, and then I'm really not bothered. Now, yeah. if 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 yeah. the answer is to give youth a go, then yeah, let's make it four signings for the summer and, and give youth a go. Yeah, and I think the the post match interview. Uh, you said fauna. I said fauna. We're never good with uh, knowing exactly what the pronunciation <laughs> is on this podcast, so it could be either one. Um, but for now, we will say Fauna. Do you get it? For now, that's another. Okay, more shoot, booing. Shoot, shoot, ah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough crowd to <laughs> uh, But if you haven't watched his post-match interview uh, on the Forest YouTube channel, I would thoroughly recommend watching it uh, because, you know, the mentality is just elite. He's, he's saying he ain't scared of anything. He's there to stake his claim. And that is the type of, we want someone hungry to play for the shirt uh, to actually give a shit. So I think I'd recommend you watch, to watch it. It's, it's impressive. Absolutely. Uh, I think I'm going to round up the Bradford game. I think the second half, you know, the, the free kick goal, Colin, Colin Frey and um, Steve Hodge tried to try to throw the blame a lot on the, the goalkeeper for his wall positioning. But I've seen the still from when that ball went past the wall and, there's not a lot of people standing up straight, so you know it was a good, it was a decent free kick. The wall should have done better. The keeper possibly should have done better, but all in all, I think that's taken a lot away from the Bradford player. Um, they did have a couple of chances, as did we, but I think you know with the, the kind of a lot of the team falling to literal pieces in the in the kind of from the hour mark, 
Um, I think in yeah. the end, in the end, it was a solid result with some good goals, a lot of exposure for youth team players. It was a real feel good match for having the fans back, having 11 out of the 18 from the academy. So I think all in all, it was, a, it was a big positive. Um, and it just, it's something that kind of, it was a real continuation of the first half from the Coventry match. It could have been easy for, you know, that completely changed team to pick up on the vibe of fuck, we just lost in the last minute and, and carry that on. Whereas they, you know, they weathered the storm at the start, they scored a couple of really good goals and, and you know, weathered the storm in the second half as well. So really impressed with them overall. I think that's, that can bode well for, so, you know, if any of these youth team players do get the, the chance in the first team, full stop. So to round off this week's episode, we're going to preview the Bournemouth game, uh, which will be the first league game with fans at the city ground since, I want to say, really early March 2020. Maybe it may have even been late February, which was Millwall at home, which was a 3-0 loss, which I am not ashamed to say I was in the pub by half time. So, this game, myself and JJ will be in attendance for our, for our first game at City Ground, or first game, first Forest game, full stop together. Yeah. We're sitting in Lower Bridgeford, and I'm fairly certain we'll be going for a pint, pint in the legendary Poets Corner, deep in the heart of the yeah. Meadowlands precinct. Um, so, if you, <laughs> if you see us and want to say hello, then please say hello and... Tell us how shit our podcast is, but uh, yeah, I think yes, it'll be. A, I think do. I think it'll be an interesting game. Um, Bournemouth. I think Scott Parker's a decent manager. I'm still kind of undecided on him as a whole. They've got a really good squad. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I kind of don't really give a fuck about Bournemouth. I'm kind of really more interested in what we do because it could be a yeah. really easy game for Hooten to set up fairly defensively against a squad a squad that is quite attacking and. A manager that likes to play football and stuff like that. So I just, you know, looking at the commentary first half and the even the Bradford first half and just going, I really like whatever team it is to get about them and unsettle them. You know, because I, you know, I, I can accept the win. I'm going to try and play good football and stuff like that. But I just, I, there's something that re- I really, really liked about the commentary first half was the way we got around them, got about them and pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed. It allowed Taylor does it fantastically being our, our Robbie Savage shit ass up front. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to being there. And uh, I'm going to say cautiously optimistic as well. I'm extremely excited to be back. Um, it's been a long time coming. I can't wait to be there for the atmosphere. It's almost a free hit for me if we lose, which I am, I'm expecting us to. Then it's fair play. Uh, but the fact that I'll be back at the city ground, I think, is fantastic. However, the buzz that is going to be around the city ground on that day with the fans being back in the stadium. Anything can happen. And if we set up in the right way, play exciting football, like we got glimpses of in the Coventry game, I think, you know, we could do it. We could do them over. Uh, So whilst I said I expect us to lose, it would be extremely exciting if obviously the city ground's pumping and we win. So for me, it's a bit of a free hit. But I'm just incredibly excited to see what happens. The lineup that... Not necessarily expecting to see, but the one that we probably hope for. 
I yeah. I see I think I don't I th- I'm expect I think it'll be Samba, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Hall off in goal. Yeah, it it would definitely be Samba. I think. Still, yeah, he's probably he's probably earned himself a couple games, couple games, couple games and shit. Um, I think it'll be Gabriel, Ember. So if he's fit, but like probably Figueredo, McKenna, and it can't be Bong, can it? So maybe, maybe Richardson left back. I'd put, I'd probably, yeah, I'd I probably think. like to see Cole back at left back with Fornar partnering Ryan Yates. Yeah. Um, but I think it will be Richardson at left back with Yates and Cole back in central midfield. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Fornar and Yates really would. Um, and then I think yeah. if Zink and Eagles fit, I think he'll play. I don't, do I could still go Joe Lolly. It'll be Zink and Eagles or Lolly on the right. With Johnson in behind, Taylor, and I still think Mice on the left. Yeah. My, my would be, I think that one's a bit more realistic than mine. I don't think mine will happen. What, you know, we can but dream, so I'm going to say mine anyway. Um, I'd go Samber and Goal, back four of Gabriel, Embiso, McKenna, and Richardson, uh, Fornar and Yates in midfield, and then I would go. Zinkenagel, Carvalho, Brennan Johnson. And I know he scored against Coventry, but I'd stick Martin up top as in the um, False Bradford game. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but I think that, that squad is would be exciting to watch. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to... Uh, if we could get one game with that squad, I think it would be exciting, but that I'm, not, I'm fully not even 10% expecting that to happen. I thought... I can but dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we we discussed before the Bradford game, didn't we? Saying that I'd love to see pretty much exactly the team that he put out, um, yeah. and he did. So you know, we we can dream, but I, I feel like Chris Hooten's kind of already got his first eleven set in his mind. Yeah, I think kind of the only, the only the only interesting points might be on Saturday are who's playing at left back, and yes, yeah. and who's playing. It would it be Zinchenko or Joe Lolly, I think that'll be. The yeah, only real. I, I expect. I expect probably the same starting eleven, but with Richardson instead of Bong. That's what I expect. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, see what happens. Yeah. So predictions. I'm going to go for the Bournemouth at home game. I'm going to go two one Forest, and for Blackburn at home, I'm going to go one all. Um. <sighs> I, I sort of expect to lose against Bournemouth, but I'm going to try and be positive. And I'm going to go 2-0 Forest. Um, and then Blackburn, I'm going to go for... I think it'll be a, probably a tough game. I think 1-0 Forest. And then if we can get six points after the first three games, I'm a happy chap. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if we get if we come out of those... Two games. Well, if we come out of those three games with six points, I'd be very happy. And I also probably would have said that one of those three points would have come against Coventry as well. So, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, so that wraps up episode two of season three of the Miss Rolling In podcast. Thank you very much if you're joining us again, and nice to meet you if you're joining us for the first time. Um, hopefully, speak to you again next week-ish but that sounds convincing 
I hope <laughs> <laughs> anyone who's going to the games, either home game coming up, have a great experience and just enjoy being back at the city ground. You're it. You're it. You're it. <laughs>